When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and it's time for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday. Podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to this each and every week via Podcast One and iTunes, as I said. And with that new episode that you get every Thursday, I appreciate all the support, everybody listening around the globe. A lot to get to this week. I'll get to it as quickly as I can because we have a very special show that I'll touch on in a second. But first, a few things to mention. There is uh, two major things to announce. One, the biggest being that this coming Sunday night is the premiere of my brand new TV series for Access TV. It is called Trunk Fest. It is every week me covering a different music festival. It kicks off with me covering the Sturgis Biker Rally, and it is all debuting this Sunday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Access TV. That is spelled A-X-S on your channel grids. If you're not sure if you get the channel, go to the website access.tv axs.tv to find out more information where you can find a channel in your area. It is also available on Sling. It is on Dish. It is on DirecTV. It's on Fios, which I have. There are a bunch of outlets for it, but check at axs.tv if you are not familiar with the channel to find out if your system carries it and if you can watch it. Again, I'm very excited. I'm very proud of this show Tremendous crew. A lot of people worked very hard on it, and it looks great. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, and I hope you watch it, DVR it, watch it and DVR it. Spread the word about it every Sunday night starting this Sunday, July 1st, on Access TV, the debut of Trunk Fest. Spread the word and appreciate you guys checking it out. Also, just announced, and this is really exciting, I'm going to be going on tour. This is crazy coming out of my mouth even. I'm going to be going on tour with Deep Purple. Yes, Deep Purple. They are touring Mexico, and I am doing their entire Mexican tour. 
I'm going to be introing them at the various shows on the tour, doing some meet and greets and just generally hanging out. And, of course, doing my daily Sirius XM volume show from all the stops on the tour. This has just been announced. It is the Mexico dates only, but every Mexico date for Deep Purple I will be at. And I have great fans in Mexico from that metal show and my radio shows and however else they connect with me. Looking forward to touring the country with Deep Purple. So I'll give you more information when we get a little bit closer. This does not happen until the month of November, but I'm greatly looking forward to it. So to my Mexican fans, look forward to seeing you soon. The Hair Nation Tour for Sirius XM. I will be at several stops on that. That features Jack Russell's Great White, Bullet Boys, and Enough's Enough. A slight change to the dates that I'm doing on the Hair Nation Tour. You can find them all listed on the homepage of eddytrunk.com with all of my appearances. Also, because of this Deep Purple Tour and going on the road with them, it looks very unlikely that I will be able to still appear at the 80s in the sand event in the Dominican Republic. My apologies to everybody and to the promoter who was very kind to me there. I hope to do something with that in the very near future or once again next year. But the opportunity to to do an entire tour of Mexico with Deep Purple was too much to pass up and it overlapped a little bit. So I had to knock that out for the time being. Now, listen, anything can change as we get a little bit closer, but in, uh, we're talking about November here, but that is what things are looking like right now. Again, homepage of eddytrunk.com, everything you need to know about my appearances, music news updated daily and everything else. Trunk Fest on access this coming Sunday and every Sunday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. The daily Sirius XM show every day live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Channel 106, replaying every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and following on social media to keep up with all of this stuff and much more at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Of course, all the interviews you hear on this show are courtesy of my daily show on Sirius XM Volume. Remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, please start at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. A very special edition of the Eddie Trunk podcast, one I wish we did not have to do, and that is a tribute to Vinnie Paul. We lost Vinnie a week ago. Well, this past Friday, actually, if you're listening to this on post day, the news coming down, shocking the rock world. Vinnie was a wonderful guy. He was a friend. He loved life. He loved to party. He loved rock music. Of course, we all know his brother, Dimebag Daryl, tragically murdered in front of his very eyes on stage 14 years ago. Now, Vinnie Paul dying at the age of 54. Vinnie lived in Las Vegas and also, of course, his home state of Texas in Dallas. And at the time that I'm doing this podcast, it has not been announced the cause of death, but it has been widely speculated a heart attack in his sleep, which I've always said, if you got to go, is probably the best of the options. But still, at 54, just way too soon, way too early for Vinnie Paul to no longer be with us. And Vinnie was, uh, like I said, on my shows countless times over the years on radio and TV, a true lover of rock. When we say he was a big partier, he was a big drinker. He was not a drug guy. So people speculate about that whenever we lose somebody in the world of rock. But 
to my knowledge, Vinny was never a drug guy. He did love his booze, and he did love to party, and was great to hang with, and we've had so many great times over the years. But I want on this podcast, because I could talk about Vinny for the whole hour, but I want you to hear from artists, because when Vinny died, and it shocked the world, the outcry from the music community was immense. People all over just celebrating Vinny's life, posting pictures, fans, artists alike, because he was so approachable, he was such a good guy, he was so real, and people loved him so much. Everybody in every genre of rock music, and Vinny loved every genre of rock music, he really did. So to that end, when Vinny Paul passed away, the next day, a bunch of folks at Sirius XM kicked into action and had me do a special live tribute show the Saturday after he died, this past Saturday. We reached out to some guests. Some guests reached out to us to come out and talk about Vinny. For some, it was way too soon, which is more than understandable. So I did a sort of surprise last-minute show the day after Vinny died live on Sirius XM as a two-hour tribute. And then on my show on Monday on Volume, I also had a couple guests to talk about Vinny as a tribute. On this podcast, you are going to hear from, let me see here, six different artists over the course of this podcast who all called in to express their condolences and tell their story about Vinny Paul and their history with him. Again, this is very raw. This happened, most of these interviews, about 24 hours after Vinnie Paul passed away, or less than, actually. And in some cases, these artists reached out to me. In others, we reached out to them. And we appreciate them taking the time to talk about what was a very, very special guy. In the course of this podcast, in order, you're going to hear from Brett Michaels, Morgan Rose of Seven Dust, Michael Anthony of Van Halen, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater and currently Sons of Apollo, Chris Jericho, and Charlie Benanti of Anthrax, all with their stories and remembrances of Vinnie Paul. So that's what we have for you, this podcast dedicated to the late, great Vinnie Paul, as we remember him with all of these guests telling some stories and celebrating his life. We'll get to it right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, let me tell you guys about me undies. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous for me to sit here and talk to you about underwear, but I'm telling you, these are awesome underwear. They sent me some, and I am ordering some myself on my dime. Trust me, they are truly comfortable as hell. And that's why I want to tell you about MeUndies. They're awesome. They really are. And MeUndies, they are made with materials sustainably sourced from beechwood trees. There's a variety of styles and designs. Naturally soft fabric. Won't sag down. Won't ride up. I'm telling you, they're really, really great. Try them. I've even got some of the socks that came with them, too, which are really comfortable as well. You can get them sent to your door. There's no more going to the store hunting around. It's it's really, really great stuff. MeUndies is so sure you'll love your first pair that if you're not happy, and you will be, they'll do whatever they can to get you into the right pair. And if they can't, you keep them, and they refund you. So there's no risk. There really is nothing 
and no reason not to try MeUndies. Still not sure? Well, MeUndies has a deal for my listeners. First-time purchasers get 15% off their first pair of MeUndies and free shipping. That's 15% off plus free shipping and a guarantee that you and your MeUndies will be very happy together. So get your butt over to MeUndies.com and treat yourself to get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash trunk. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash T-R-U-N-K. MeUndies.com slash trunk. Hey, everyone. It's Scott Braun and Kelly Nash from MLB Network here with our new show, Baseball and Chill, exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. Kick back with us each week as we cover all of the action on and off the diamond with player interviews and in-depth storyline analysis of what's happening in Major League Baseball. Relax with us every Tuesday on Baseball and Chill right here on Podcast One. Download and subscribe to new episodes exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. Also, rate us. Leave us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we would. Hey, we'd like you guys to help keep my podcast free and stay free with minimal ads. We ask you to help out by taking a short survey that is completely anonymous. It takes no more than five minutes. Easy ways to do it. Go to podcastone.com slash my survey or podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. If you've done the survey before in the past, we ask you to please do it again. It really helps out everybody here at Podcast One and the Eddie Trunk Podcast and helps you, the listener, out as well because it helps us to minimize commercials and tailor them to things you would be interested in. So please take the survey. It is appreciated. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As mentioned, a very special podcast as we remember, celebrate, and pay tribute to Vinnie Paul, who died at the age of 54 this past Friday. All right, so we're going to take them in order here as we go with the various guests that we have. These all came from a special that I did a week ago to celebrate Vinnie Paul. They all called in and wanted to say something. And we start with Brett Michaels. Brett you know, one of the things I always loved about Vinny and Dime being in such a, a, a major metal band, they loved all kinds of rock music and would have no problem going to see Poison, getting up and jamming with Poison. And Brett Michaels is first up giving his memories of the late Vinnie Paul. Welcome, Brett. I know it's a tough day. I appreciate a few minutes here. I just wanted to say to you, thank you for having me on. And my my prayers, my heart, my everything. I just, Vinny is such... Such an amazing guy, as was his brother. Just great person that that transcended any kind of, and I say this genre music, uh, anything. Just he was just a great guy. We've been friends for like like you had been for many 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 years, and and I don't even. I wish I had the right words right now, but I don't. I'm a little choked up, and uh, he will be missed. Mm-hmm. He will, man. And I know, and one of the things I loved so much about him and his brother, for that matter, is, as you said, is at their core, much like you, much like me, we're fans of the music, whether it's Poison, whether it's Slayer, whatever, whether it's Leonard Skinner, whatever. These guys lived and breathed it. We loved it. 
and they loved it. And I know that Vinny and, and Dime were, were frequent guests at your shows. Talk, Brett, tell us if you can, the very first time you would have met him. I'm sure it would have been them coming to one a Poison show, maybe? It was, it, well, I think I'd met him just prior to that. We had many, and I say this in celebration of his life, many parties, many great times, yeah. talking about everything, the love of life, the love of everything. But you know what it was? It was coming out to a show. I believe we were at the arena or the amphitheater in Dallas was when we first got to really hang. And he'd come up on stage and play drums with us. There was no, like myself, and you just said it, I, I don't put music in a box. It's it's about love of music. We do it for the love of the music. I'm a fan of music. He was a fan of music and his brother. And we went up there and had such a great time jamming on stage. And and I think that when I say this, it it, it transcends into his life. In other words, we never had a bad time together. He was always a welcoming human being, and and that is what made him such a great a great person. And and that's also what played into his music as well and and i think that that is what again like i told you i i have so much to say and just uh just i i can sum it all up in saying what a great human being and and without a doubt will be missed do you remember the first time you heard pantera brett i do and it's oddly enough we had a good laugh about this backstage saying that when they had started out you know we sort of uh, you're going to please don't laugh when I say this, but I'm being very truthful. We both started out um, trying to make it been through Texas many times, poison leaning much more to the glam side. And if you go back to the, let's say the early eight by tens of Pantera ish, oh, yeah. uh, lean that direction. And then went a different, and then all of a sudden went in a different direction, uh, you know, music wise and, and, uh, and look, but still loved the beyond loved the music. Yeah, I mean that people. I mean that's well known that Pantera early on in the, their their independent records before they became a much heavier band. They, uh, yeah, they may have they may have been able to borrow some eyeliner from you back in the day. <laughs> uh, no, no doubt. And I say this in a celebration of his life. Yeah, for we sure. Both talked about the the and and talking about both brothers, but I'm saying talking about today about Vinny that. I want to say this, you know, we were both independent bands. We used to laugh. I said, man, we, and me and you have talked about this. I said, uh, we were truly an independent band, loved our music. And when I say paid our dues, both of us had paid our dues and and continued to pay them. But independent bands, independent records, and then both of us going on in parallel universes, but both of us going on to success and many many years of it and three generations of, of great fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. And, and Brad, I know you got a show tonight, so I won't keep you, but one oh. last thing, do you, do you have any uh, funny story or anything? I mean, everybody who's called in talks about, you know, Vinny loved to, to knock them back and have a good time. And there was always that party Indeed. and then the party, the party after the party and all that sort of stuff. So do you have, uh, you have anything you I, want to I share? I can tell you many stories without, <laughs> are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're here. The, the I could tell you about without going into the dirt. I will just say we had one of our uh, best ever uh, extravaganzas in in Dallas, and I played down there at the American Airlines Arena as Poison, and we had a great, amazing time. Or as, uh, let me say this as the solo band rather. And then we continued to go over to the club, and then mm -hmm. after the club, we ended up up at the house. Um, and 
we uh, I'm just going to say this. It involved a lot of adult beverages, a golf cart, and some other uh, good times. And it was <laughs> I, I'm saying that in honor of his celebration of his life. We had an absolute blast. Uh, there's chunks of that evening in my memory that are missed, but I know it was a great time. <laughs> You, you, and know, I, you, you know, we had an Irish celebration before you sent me to Iraq. Uh, right. We went to an Irish pub, you and me, and celebrated a lot like that with Vinny. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you sent me off to, uh, to visit all of our forward operating bases uh, with, let me say this, uh, I, I, less than on a, uh, we, we went out on a good note, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah we did man well listen uh you know i i think of i think of uh you know we're, we're all music fans and you know that's the common thread of all the people calling into this show at the end of the day whatever we do we're all friends because we're bonded by our love of this music and Vinny is a guy like you and like so many others that you know you love life you love the music you're a fan at your core and it's not a surprise at all to hear all these people, yourself included, call in with these wonderful memories of him. He will he will absolutely, absolutely be missed. And uh I thank you for a few minutes, Brett. Have a good show tonight. I'm gonna see you on uh I'm gonna see you in Florida at the Hard Rock there next Sunday for that final show. Yes. So I look forward to seeing you there. I, I can't wait. I just wanna say this. Our show tonight here, we're in New Jersey at PNC at the Amphitheater. We're dedicating this show tonight to Vinny and his love of music. And listen, Eddie, I love you and my I'm a little choked up be missed yep love you too man you have a good a good show and uh say hi to the guys and i'll see you in florida on the weekend you know love you my brother love you too man take care everybody uh say say hello to everybody thank you brett my thanks to brett michaels and now we continue with the vinnie paul tributes checking in with me this past monday to talk about vinnie from the band seven dust fellow drummer Morgan Rose, who you are about to hear, had a huge history with Vinnie Paul. Here's Morgan on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Morgan, how are you, man? I know it's been a, a tough weekend. How are you holding up, bud? Pretty crazy. It's uh, like, a, you know, doing the zombie walk for the last few days, just kind of trying to get it, you know? Like, it's uh, this is going to be a really, really tough one. This one's going to is going to sit on us for a while i think yeah no doubt morgan when did you first meet Vinny? uh we met him right out of the shoot i mean when we started it was uh john's wife lived in dallas and um she was really close with dave williams and dave williams was like i mean basically he had a room over there at the house so um we met through John's wife and through Dave Williams. And I remember being extremely jealous that, you know, they were so close. And I mean, Pantera, of course, was, I mean, that was, I believe we built our band off of that band. So when we finally did meet him, you know, it was starstruck, you know, it was a starstruck moment. And not knowing back then, I mean, things were totally different. I mean, there were no cell phones, there was no internet. I didn't. You know, I remember the first time that I met them together, we went to the to the cat house and I was leaving and I just actually was talking about this like not even less than a month ago. And uh we were getting ready to leave and I looked at Daryl actually and I said, You know, how do I get a hold of you? <laughs> you know, I mean I just met him, you know, and I'm I, I wanna be best friends immediately with these guys. And uh he's like, I'll give you my number 
I was like, okay, and he's looking for, you know, he had a marker, but he had nothing to write on, so he took his hat off and he wrote his number <laughs> on the bill of the hat, and he on the inside of the bill, and he gave it to me, and I'm hugging, you know, I'm hugging Vince, and I'm hugging Daryl, and I'm leaving, and I'm like cherishing this hat that I have in my, it's like on my nightstand next to my bed. I have it right next to me all the time. And uh, I was talking to Charlie Benante the other night and I sent him a picture of it and he started laughing. He goes, that's the number, you know, and it was his home number. You know, there were no cell phones and stuff. So you, you got to see each other when you got to see each other. And, uh, and we were both touring a lot, but um, that was the first time that we met. And uh, I mean, you know, we used to, when we would tour through Texas, I remember we were in Lubbock and all of a sudden here comes a tour bus. And I'm like, Who the, whose tour bus is this? And it's Vince and Daryl in the <laughs> tour bus with Sterling. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not on the bill. So, <laughs> and they got know, a bus. They, <laughs> well, they, got, they got their own bus and they're coming off the bus. And I'm like, this is not good, man. And they get off the bus and they're like, we're rolling with you guys through Texas. So basically it was like <laughs> Daryl and Vince in the bus with Sterling, you know, and they're just cruising, following Seven Dust around, you know, just the party was, was happening. And, uh, you know, I remember just uh, me and John on the bus with them going to the neck. We would just ride with them sometimes, you know, through Texas, following our own tour. uh, on their bus that's the best on their bus morgan let me ask you as a drummer yourself talk about Vinny as a player it's a joke i mean he's it's i tried to get him to tell me what was going on (laughs) and and he never wanted to tell me you know he's like you know that was the mystique it's like you know he's got his thing and i just remember you know, I mean, we did plenty of shows with them, but I just remember, I mean, from from the get-go, it was, you know, because there's, there's a lot of great drummers that came out of that, that, you know, that sound when it, you know, the, when you're dealing with Charlie and Tempesta and Lars and you know, even, you know, Gar Samuelson and guys, you know, that were playing with Megadeth. I mean, these guys were, this was like next-level drumming coming from, you know, where we all came from. So you're just sitting there listening to this stuff going, you know, Lombardo and all, all the thrash stuff and all the really heavy stuff. And then Vince comes around and it's like, this is a different groove. You know, this is a totally different groove. The kick drums are ridiculous. And it was him and Daryl, you know, I mean, it was these brothers come in and just wipe the floor with everybody. They just killed everybody. And then they just continued to get better at it. And obviously an influence on you and Seven Dust because Seven Dust has that groove. I mean, it's a big signature no of your sound. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that was the idea. We had Lejean as a singer, and we were like, how do we put a groove together? You know, we didn't want to plagiarize them too bad, you know, but, I mean, we didn't think we were getting a deal. We'd have been fine sounding as close to Pantera as possible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they they influenced everybody. And, you know, on the music end, it was, they were just ahead of everybody. They were better than everybody. You know, Vince was a better drummer than everybody. Daryl was a better guitar player than everybody. Kind of like their first. And then everybody else, you know, try to do what you want to do, you know, because it's not going to be that. 
You know, everybody, all the people between the weekend and today that I've had calls from talking about Vinny, I've asked them all the same thing because everybody has had the story of the hang uh, or the party after the party. (laughs) And I was telling people, I was telling people that as I got older in the years that I knew him, I would intentionally make myself a little scarce at the end of the night because I knew that if we were at a place, he'd be like, we're all going back to whatever. And man, in my older years, I can't, I can't deal with the recovery. But <laughs> you, everybody, everybody has a story. Do you, you want to close with one and give us a, you have a funny one or anything you want to share a funny experience or story with, with uh, Vinny? Uh, well, I mean, you know, when you're dealing with talking about, about Vinny, you know, you, Daryl is in the conversation, right? I mean, it's just, the way it always is i mean uh i guess my favorite one and it really kind of involves daryl more than it does vince but i just will never forget his his giggling at me and daryl because we had we were doing a festival together and i saw that they were on it and i was terrified you know i was feeling terrible that day as it was and the whole day I wake up and I'm like telling crew guys, I'm like, where are they parked? And they're like, they're over there. They're like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're a ways away. And I'm like, cool. I said, keep them over there. Like, keep them away from me. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to make it. And uh, These are people so you like. Oh, we love them. <laughs> I know, know, I know. Like, we're just try- and we're trying, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, so the whole day, you know, we're, we're kind of avoiding, I'm avoiding that bus. And then, it was damage plan. So they were playing a little bit earlier. They were playing a few bands before us. So they go up to play and I won't even go watch. Cause I, I don't even want, I don't even want them to see me. Cause then it could be, you know, <laughs> give them one, you know, I don't even want to be around. Them. So they get done. And I was like, how was it? And they're like, Oh man, they just crushed that place. I'm like, of course they did. So I go up and I play and I don't see Daryl. I see Vince over there. And he's, you know, he's always there. And so I'm watching them. I'm watching him. I'm wondering, where's Daryl? So now all of a sudden, now I'm butthurt. You know, I'm like, where the hell's Daryl at? You know, like, why isn't he up, you know, hanging out? So the show's over. I go back to the bus. Now I'm sweated out. I feel a little bit better, but not too great. Not drinking. And I'm like, I have to go and say, you know, hello. I mean, it's, it's done. You know, I can't go the whole day without seeing them. So I go over to their bus and I walk in and it's, it's on, you know, it's happening. And in the corner is Daryl and he's sitting down. There's no alcohol in front of him. There's no black tooth going on. And I walk in, Vince is like, you want a drink? And I was like, no, 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 no. I just want to hug. You know, I just want to hug and I want to get out of here. So I go and I see Daryl and he's looking at me like, you know, get away from me. He's feeling it. And I'd never seen him hurt like that. You know, like I'm not drinking, and he said, "Man, I'm I'm dealing with one. You know, I can't I can't do it." <laughs> so I'm just sitting here, and while I'm sitting with Daryl, I'm like, "Can we just sit here? Like this would be crazy. Like me and you just sit here and not drink and just hang out. Like that would be unbelievable." And he's like, "Thank God, man. I've been avoiding you all day. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I've been avoiding you all day. A so standoff." <laughs> Yeah, we're we're sitting there, and I'm looking, and, and you know, Vince has got a cocktail in front of him, and he's just laughing. At I mean, he's laughing at us. You know, he goes, you guys, this is pathetic. You know, look at you two, you know. <laughs> so it took about 20 minutes, and he looked at me, and he was making some black tooth for people, but he wouldn't have any. So 
finally, you know, he, he looks at me, he's like, maybe we should just just do one and get back in there for a second and see what happens. <laughs> so I was like, oh. I'm like, okay, I'll do just one. And then that's all it took. You know, he did one and then it was happening. And then it was, you know, back to it. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was the funny drinking, you know, story between the three of us. But I mean, my, my thing is the last time that I saw him, he would bring Lejean boots. Like this thing started, Lejean always was complimenting Vince on his boots. Like every show that he would come to, he's like, look at them boots, man. He goes, next time I see you, I'm going to bring you some boots, man. So next time he saw us, he's got a box and he's got boots for Lejean. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's a sweet gesture, you know? So anyway, next time we come through town, he got some boots again. Lejean didn't ask for any more boots. He just keeps bringing them boots. <laughs> so like every single time, I'm not kidding you. This is like three or four times in a row. He's bringing Lejean boots. Finally, I'm like, hey, man. I was like, where are my boots at? You know, can I get some boots? You know, you bring this dude's got four sets of boots now. And he's like, man, I didn't know you wanted any boots. I was like, I want some boots, dude. So he's like, all right, man, next time I see you, I'm going to I'm going to bring you some boots. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to see him. So he mm. owes me some boots. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Morgan, I, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, you taking some time out, man. I know we're all we're all feeling it here, and we're going to be talking about and celebrating this guy for a long time to a long time to come. And uh, you know, he was as you as you just alluded to very accurately, very generous guy too. Uh, loved life and loved music, and was you know rock fan to his core, and that's what I always loved about him as well. So, I appreciate you taking a, f- a few minutes out, man. I hope everything's going well with you and the band and the record and all that. And you know, I was in, I was at Rocklahoma. I saw you play, but I didn't actually say hi to you because you were running one way, I was running the other. But you guys sounded great, and I hope everything's going well in your world. Absolutely, I appreciate it, man. Everybody, uh, you know, we'll we'll get through it. We've we've done it before, and. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's saying it. I know that he missed his brother so much. You know, so yeah, I'm that he's with his brother. Yeah, for selfishly, sure. I wish he was here, but selfishly, you know, on the selfish side. But I'm I'm glad at least he's with his brother now. Yeah, for sure. Listen, man, thank you for the time. I, I hopefully I'll uh, I'll see you soon under better uh, circumstances. Thanks, Morgan. Love you, bud. You too, man. Take care. Thanks to Morgan Rose. Appreciate him checking in and obviously very tough for him and so many to talk about the late, great Vinnie Paul. And we will continue to do that right after this on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, you guys, TheraWorks Relief, I use it. It's great stuff. If you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs and foot, relief is finally here. You know how painful that is if you suffer from it. TheraWorks Relief is a topical foam. It's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start, which is a great idea, so you can get a full night's sleep and do the activities you love without having to worry about brutal muscle cramps. TheraWorks Relief only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly, and it really works. I recommend TheraWorks Relief to my family and my friends, and the results speak for themselves. This is life-changing, folks. 
You don't even need a prescription. TheraWorks Relief today. Try it. Experience relief from muscle cramps for yourself. Get TheraWorks Relief in the pain relief aisle at select CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreen pharmacies or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. That's TheraWorks Relief for muscle cramps. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We're back with the Eddie Trunk Podcast, continuing to remember Vinnie Paul on this special edition. One of the guys that reached out to me that wanted to talk about Vinnie Paul, who spent a lot of time with him at the Sammy Hagar birthday bashes in Cabo. One of my favorite people, the great Michael Anthony of Van Halen. Here he is talking about Vinnie Paul. Michael, thank you, man. I appreciate you reaching out and taking a few minutes to call in. How you doing today? Okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay, Eddie, but boy, I'll tell you, I'm still kind of walking around in disbelief. <laughs> As are we all. My, my, we we all are, man. It's crazy. Yeah, my, my, my daughter called me last night that she had heard, and I right away got on the phone to, uh, uh, I don't know, you know Bride Dog, who uh, mm-hmm. obviously is uh, Vinny's right-hand man. I, I, I tried to call him, but I obviously didn't get any answer, so I immediately, I called Sammy, uh, Hagar, because he's out, he's down in Cabo right now, and he couldn't, you know, he hadn't heard anything, and I just, then I started to see things popping up here and there, and uh, I, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's weird. I mean, words can't even describe. Michael, you know? talk a little bit yeah. about your your history with him, if you will, because I know he, and I know Sammy tweeted this out too. I know that he was a regular at the Cabo parties for Sammy, and I think Sammy said he almost went. I think he went to almost every one. But for you personally, mm-hmm. did, when did you first meet Vinny? And, and obviously, he was a huge Van Halen fan, as was his brother. So, what what was the history there between you guys initially? Yeah, well, I mean, I was always I was a fan of of, of Pantera and uh, a fan of. Uh, dimes guitar playing you know as was you know pretty much everybody else in the rock community but i didn't actually meet Vinny until like you said until he came down to cabo to play and let me tell you it only took one time and i mean i think within the first five ten minutes we met we were already best drinking buddies (laughs) (laughs) down down there and uh it's kind of it's kind of funny because I heard uh, Mike Portnoy talking to you about Vinny and every time, you know, every time he's around, he's the guy dishing the drinks out, you know, going, Hey, come on, let's have one, let, you know, whatever. And uh, it would be great having him come down to Cabo because then we would kind of turn the tables on him. We'd be serving him up the <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, I met him down in Cabo. And uh, after that, I mean, we would bump into each other, uh, uh, here and there on, on the road. Actually, God, it's, I mean, it was so unfortunate. Uh, uh, we were on our 2004 reunion tour uh, playing in Texas. I can't even remember where we were at. And uh, actually, Vinny and Dime came. This was at two weeks before uh, uh, Daryl was, was shot. They came to Van Halen show. Mm. And uh, and we all hung out. I remember him and Vinny and, and Dime came back into Sammy and my dressing room, and we hung out and did a couple shots and and you know shot the shit. And it was all, and it was great, you know, because I, hadn't, I the- hadn't seen Vinny in a while, and I I never had met a Dime, so you know it was great. We hung out and just chatted about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I mean those guys were such as I'm sure you know and picked up on. I mean for them being able to hang out with you and Sammy and Van Halen. I mean, 
that was, I'm sure, surreal for them because at their core, much like myself and so many others, they're, they're, yeah, we're in this business and we do what we do, but they're fans. So knowing what big fans, and I, I know that, you know, I know that Dime had a, a relationship with, with Eddie uh, Van Halen, but I mean, I know that, that, that it was just for them, it had to be surreal that they knew you, you know, and, and, and that they, I, I'm sure knowing them the way I knew them, they probably walked away saying, Jesus, I was just in the dressing room with the guys in Van Halen because at their core, they were just such big fans. I'm sure that came off from them when you would hang out with them, right? Yeah, but you know, it's, it's kind of weird because I would also do the same thing because I respected them as musicians and, and, and loved what they did. And so when they left, I was I was going, wow, Sam, that was really cool. <laughs> you know, those guys came and hung out with us in the dressing room, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's, you know, I, I think it's a mutual respect type of thing and I, I'm just kind of blown away you know with with all musicians I say hey you know we grew up listening to Van Halen we loved you guys whatever and you know because it's it's just uh I don't know if it's uh starting to make me feel old now or something all the young guys are going oh my god we grew up on you guys but uh no but it was great and it was always great hanging out and and let me tell you it was just just having Vinny come out and jam with us every year for Sam's birthday he'd come down and he would come up on stage and uh and play. We would have such the best time just hanging out, you know. Talk well, about him for a you, you, Vinny would come rolling in. As soon as Vinny come busting in with his posse, we knew that trouble was going to, you know, trouble was following him. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about, you did you did jam with him. What did you guys play? I mean, t- talk about him a little bit as a player. Yeah, well, we would, we would the, the first thing that he would always say when he come down, he would say, oh, we got to play Pound Cake. And so that would always be one that we would always, we would always do that song. But then, you know, he would just go, hey, Sam, you know, let's do this. Let's, let's play Bad Motor Scooter or whatever. And he'd always, you know, shout out a couple things. We'd go, okay, man, just come on up and, and we'll jam them. And, uh, man, let me tell you, a guy that, I mean, just to look back watching him play, he's so powerful and uh, always had a smile on his face. And it just, you know, it just, it just made me just really, I really connected with him when we jammed. We'd have a great time. And uh, a funny thing, though, uh, I got to tell you, when he would come out, coming down there to play, uh, back even when uh, Dave Lauser was Sammy's drummer or, or whoever was, you know, playing in the band, you know, whether, you know, in the, in, the, in the regular band down there, they would always cringe when they heard Vinny was coming up to play. In fact, Dave Lauser, I think he used to always try to grab his, snare and kick drum pedal and I had her any anything that you thought that Vinny could damage because as soon as Vinny got up there and started whacking those things man woof, you knew that he was there <laughs> well knowing knowing you and knowing Sammy and knowing the, the you know when when you guys get together what the vibe is like I'm sure that Vinny fit right into that equation man I'm sure that there were some some great times and some great memories there I have no doubt of that uh, nothing but great times. I mean, I mean, I mean. There, I got to tell you, one time there was a, a hangout that we used to go to uh, when I lived in uh, Arcadia, California. There's a Mexican restaurant called Peppers, and one night we were going to be eating there, and Vinny was in town. I forget where he's at. He was doing something in L.A. He goes, "Yeah, I'm around, man. Hey, you know, uh, I'll come out and I'll meet you guys for a cocktail or whatever." And I go, "Wow, he's going to come come out and hang at the restaurant." So. He comes, he comes walking in. And I go, oh, how you doing? You know, and we have a cocktail and we're having a margarita or whatever, a couple of shots. And uh, I go, well, how'd you get out here? And he goes, well, I, I drove my tour bus. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and we go outside and uh, I forget. I, th- I don't know if he was, I, I think he was selling it not that long ago, I had heard. But he had some old, 
don't know if it was an American Eagle or I don't know if you've ever seen this. It was like an old small tour bus that he that he, he would cruise around in every now and then. And he had this freaking bus outside of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I, he, I I think he I went, owned I a couple buses. The thing was just kind of like the thing was kind of like it, it looked like some deep dark bar that you would go into. <laughs> It was it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think he owned a few buses because I saw him last in Dallas in December, and he was telling me he had a bus he was trying to sell or something. And I know he did. He, he did. You know, he liked to have his cocktail, so it was he had a, he would go on the bus and have a driver, and it was a way to go. I mean, at least he yeah. was smart to do that. You know. <laughs> yeah, that had to have been the bus that that uh, that he was talking about that he brought. But I just couldn't believe it. I walked outside this restaurant. I'm like, kind of like, yeah, kind of like. Yeah, sure. Okay, what's he got out there? And it was this freaking bus. <laughs> but uh, man, I'll tell you though, every every time that 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 we hung out, you know, and obviously, you know, him and the bands that he plays in, and and us, you know, we never really crossed paths on tour uh, playing together. Uh, but uh, man, just just a a great guy. What a sweetheart, man. From the first time that we met, I mean, it was just I I. That's one thing. If, uh, if if I hadn't seen him in a long time, I knew he was coming down to Cabo, and I would always start texting with him, like, hey, brother, you're coming down, right? And he's all, yeah, man, I'm coming down, baby. Pound cake, pound cake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, it put us, it really make me look forward to uh, to seeing him, you know? In, in fact, just, uh, God, uh, the other week, a few weeks ago, we were texting back and forth because the, the playoffs, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup, and he was, he was all, uh, for the Golden Knights or Vegas Golden Knights. Right. And he was texting me all excited. Yeah, I'm going to the game tonight. And yeah, I mean, unfortunately they lost the game, but uh, you know, we were texting back and forth about the games and, and stuff like that too, man. So, I mean, it's, it's really going to leave a void in my life, you know, not being able to, to hang out or, uh, you know, even just text every now and then with the guy. Right. Right. Well, listen, Michael, I, I really appreciate you reaching out and giving us a few minutes on him today, man. It's uh, it's obviously a tough day for everybody and everybody's still trying to process this, but we want to do our best to celebrate and remember him because he did touch so many people and was such a good dude. So I appreciate you giving me a few minutes, man, and let's get together soon, okay? It sounds good, brother. I'll tell you about some of the new recording stuff that we're doing right now. Anytime, man. You know, always got an open door with me anytime at all. All right, and hey, my condolences go to all his, his family and friends and just everybody, man. I'm out there, I'm out there, fucking morning with everybody. All right, Michael, hang in there, man. Best to you and your family. Okay, we'll talk soon. Okay, talk to you soon, Eddie. Thanks a lot. See you, man. Thank you. Okay, bye. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. Not for long enough. We forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? Well, for starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes 
with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth, which is everywhere. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and it's the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. You can't beat that. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P, getquip.com slash trunk. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash trunk. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash trunk. I'll tell you, folks, I use it. Tremendous. You got to have an electric toothbrush, and this is the way to go if you want one. Can't get a better deal. Can't get a better service. Can't get a better brush. Getquip.com slash trunk. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thank you to Michael Anthony, one of the truly good guys you will ever have the chance to know and meet if you are so lucky, checking in to talk about the late Vinnie Paul on this special edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Now we talk to Mike Portnoy, another great drummer, of course, like Vinnie, and a guy that loved Vinnie as well. Here's Mike, who is checking in from Europe on tour with Sons of Apollo. Hey, brother, how are you? Hey, how you doing, buddy? You hanging in there? Yeah, it's been a crazy day, man. We're just all in shock. I'm, I'm here in Belgium at the Grass Pop Festival. And, uh, you know, everybody here are friends of Vinny. And, and, you know, it's the whole metal world is here. Just morning, you know, there's just like this black cloud hanging over all of us. And we're just in shock and sad. You know, I woke up this morning sitting, you know, in my bunk, uh, you know, and uh, opened up my phone to like, you know, 30 texts and, and, and like, just, I'm just shocked, you know, but like you said, you know, like, uh, like you just mentioned, like him and Dime were, were so similar in that respect. Like everybody loved those guys, you know, and they were just fans like all of us and just loved to hang out and party. And, you know, they were the ultimate like social butterflies in the metal world. You know, if you ever hung with either of those guys, you know, you, you were friends, you were buddies, you were bros. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're so generous, always a warm smile, always a hug, always, uh, you know, they, they'd, <laughs> Mike, a, guy, a sober guy like you, they would be a test for you, man, to be around those guys, especially well, Vinny. There was there always a party. There was always a toast. <laughs> it was, I had to stay away from him, uh, you know, for the last 15 <laughs> years. Like, because uh, I, I met those guys back um, in the Cowboys from Hell days. They signed to Akko at the same, that, same time that I signed with Grand and was a fan of, of them and immediately hit it off with all four guys. I became friends with all four of them. And throughout the vulgar display tour or whatever, I had many, many drunken party nights with those guys, blackout nights and, you know, going to, to the club and the clubhouse in Dallas and all, all the usual stuff. But then, then I got sober in 2000 and I had to, like, avoid Vinny every time I saw him. You know, I was like, I would run from him <laughs> in fear. But uh, when I was out with him in Sevenfold in 2010, hell yeah, was out with us the whole time. And uh, 
So yeah, my 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 fun party days with Vinny were were back in the nineties. But even even after that, you know, he was just always such a, a fun guy and just the life of the party, just like Dimebag was. Those guys were two peas in the pod. Yeah, and and by all accounts, the the best of friends. I read some interviews with Terry Date, who produced their records, saying that you, you hear all the stories about brothers and bands that notoriously fight and don't get along. That those guys never even argued. They never even had yeah. any rift between them at all, and worked so well in unison when they they played and everything. And Mike, I don't know if you were there, but I just caught, a story just came to me about about uh, eight seven eight years ago. Jericho's band was playing. Fozzie was playing in New York. Yeah. And Vinny was, I was there, and I, I and I think we were together. And Vinny, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Vinny brought brought an entire brought a round of shots for everybody in the place. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I totally remember that. It was uh, it was me and you, and the Avenged guys were with us, and the Anthrax yeah. guys were with us, and and Vinny was there, and Fozzie was playing. Yeah, he, he brought a, a tray. I mean, but that's not that's nothing unusual. He would bring a tray of fucking shots. Oh, excuse me. He would bring yeah, you a train of shots up right. to, to every band or wherever he went. You could not <laughs> be in his presence without him giving you a shot. Yeah, if, if, before you, if you were talking to party. Yeah, if you were talking to him before he before he, you turned away, you you know he'd like, hey, yeah. Ed, Ed, you know, Ed, come here, have one. We're, oh, come on, real quick, let's do this. And he just, yeah, just couldn't totally. say no. I was saying to the audience yeah. earlier. I mean, I I heard the stories of the people that went into the you know seven eight o'clock in the morning moments. We and I, and I would always kind of be a little scarce around two o'clock and make sure I. I mm-hmm. mean, I last time I hung with them was in Dallas in December, and it was the same mm-hmm. deal. After the show, we're going, and I was like, right. I, I I'll be honest, I snuck out the back door because I heard the story. It took people three days to recover from hanging yeah. out. If, if, if you're in Dallas or you're in Vegas, you're you're his prey. <laughs> He's coming hey Mike, for we you. Got, we got a ton of calls and a ton of people that obviously we want, want to chime in, and I appreciate you taking yeah. a few minutes here. But before I let you go, I want to ask you this. As a as a you know world class drummer yourself, talk about Vinnie Paul as a drummer and as a player. Uh, he's he was always awesome to me. I mean, you had you had the first wave of the thrash drummers. You had Dave Lombardo, Charlie Benante, Lars Ulrich, uh, but then came Vinny. You know, and Vinny was like the next level, the next generation. Him and I, I consider Mickey D with the stuff he did with King Diamond as well. But when when Volker Display, Volker Display, and uh, 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 Far Beyond Driven, when those albums came out, I mean, the drumming was that was the the benchmark. And he was, I, I, you know, back in the early days, we used to talk drumming and stuff like that. And, and I remember talking to him about uh, how he got those kick drum sounds. And he used to take these wooden, his kick drum pedals were like wooden mallets, and he would take silver dollars and tape them to his drum heads to get that really clicky kick drum sound. And, you know, if you listen to the drumming on Becoming, that, that was the, the benchmark of double bass drumming at that stage. You know, it started with Fast as a Shark and Motorhead's Overkill, but then Becoming was the next level that you had to uh, strive for. Yeah, and you know, Terry Date, I saw an interview with Terry, and he said a lot of people thought the drum sounds were triggers or samples or something, but they actually worked on those. Those were not that. They, yeah. That's actually real yeah. acoustic drums. There was no, no well, he, nothing going on there. Vinny was a big part of the production of those albums, too. Right. You know, him and Dime co-produced with, with Terry, so he was... He was very into that stuff. You know, they were done at his studios, uh, and he was very into that. You know, it was like another thing that he was really good at that you, that you forget about. You just think about the drumming and the partying. But he was also, you know, 
really behind the Pantera production. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you checking in for a few minutes. Be safe over there, all right? And uh, say hi to all the guys, and I'll see you back when you're in yeah, the U.S. Yeah, we're all holding it down. We're here, and Megadeth's here, and Accept, and Arch Enemy, and we're just all mourning together. It's like a big metal community here at Crash Pop, and we're all feeling the love. All right, man, well, be safe, okay? I'll see you when you get back home. All right, bro. Take care. Love you, man. Take care. All right, love you too. Bye-bye. My thanks to Mike Portnoy, good friend of mine, uh, talking about the great Vinnie Paul and celebrating his life right there. Special edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Remember, all of these interviews come courtesy of my daily show on Sirius XM 106 volume. Hope you join me there every day on 106 live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and on demand on the Sirius XM app as we talk rock with you every day and continue to talk rock here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast as we celebrate Vinnie Paul. More right after this. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. For instance, a coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior, removing excess weight from your car. That'll improve your gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Pretty weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about, and that is that True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you're buying new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They are also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. couple more interviews here as we celebrate Vinnie Paul on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Right now, I am joined by Chris Jericho. Uh, he checked in as well during my special. Check it out. Here's Jericho remembering Vinnie Paul. Hey, bud. Thanks for a couple minutes, man. I wish it was under better circumstances. How you doing? Yeah, man. It's like you said, it's just uh, one person after another uh, telling stories and, and, and you know sharing these memories. If you go on Instagram today, every single person in the rock and roll world has a Vinnie Paul picture posted, and it's all the same freaking picture. It's Vinnie smiling with a black cowboy hat, a black shirt open to yeah. the navel with his Paul Stanley chest hair, um, uh, a big smile on his face, and holding a drink and pointing at the camera. Uh, and I just told this story earlier. The reason why every picture of Vinnie he's pointing at the camera is because him and Dime used to do that because they saw Elvis do it when they were a kid, and thought it was cool that Elvis did that. So uh, Vinny continued to point at the camera as a tribute to Elvis and as a tribute to Dime. That's why you'll see that in almost every picture that you look at today. 
And the reason why you see so many pictures of him is because he was that guy. He was so approachable. He was the guy who was, you know, he was out there. I mean, not just with people like you or me or Brett Michaels or any of the people that have called in, but with fans. I mean, the, the, the guy was constantly taking pictures with fans. He was, he would be out there. He would be at the back of the bar. I was earlier, Chris, earlier Portnoy was on and we were talking about the time that Fozzie played because I went with Mike. Yeah and the Avenged guys, and Vinny was there, and Vinny actually, I think, brought a round of drinks for the entire club at the end of the night. Yeah. It's funny because I had forgotten about that, and that was such a crazy show because you were there, Jameson was there, Avenged was there, uh, Charlie had brought Joey Belladonna for like kind of a first date to see how they would do as a hang before Joey rejoined Anthrax. Steve Brown was there. I mean, everybody was there, and Vinny was there, and, and, and somebody posted a picture today on Twitter, of that exact moment of Vinny standing on stage with a giant tray of shots for all the guys in the band and, and the people that were at the club, and it's just a classic Vinny moment of like you know, Vinny would always support too. He always came to see Fozzie. We just saw him in Dallas a few months ago. Uh, he came to see our show, but he came to see us in Vegas and Dallas, and he would come see us when we were doing festivals and wherever we were. He would always come and support. He was one of those guys that would be there all the time. Um, and it was great. It was actually kind of funny, though, because it would always be like, yeah, I want to come to Fozzie tomorrow. I need 12 tickets. I want a backstage pass. I want to sit in the front row by the soundboard up in the balcony. I don't want anyone to know I'm there. And it's like, Vinny, we're playing at, like, you know, Shecky's <laughs> Cafe. I don't know what to do to get your own private <laughs> spot, but I'll try. But he would always come, and he would always support and bring his whole gang. And, you know, you hear all of these stories about, about the parties at Vinny's house after, and whether it was Dallas or Vegas, I mean, then he would, would have a big bash at his house. Everyone would go back there. And then once the party started winding down, he would start making breakfast. And he would watch a movie. And he would crank the movie up to, you know, 100. And the one he always loved was Bruno. The, uh, the, uh, the, Sasha the Baracone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bruno movie. Like the, uh, yeah, so he would always play that at super loud volume. The guy who played Borat. Yeah. Or the other one, the last time I was in Dallas, he was, uh, you know, everyone kind of passes out or whatever. It's almost like um, like The Hangover, the movie The Hangover, where there's like a couple chickens over here, and there's a tiger in the bathroom, and there's someone on the floor using like an egg carton as a pillow. And I woke up, and he just had White Snake. I think it was a live show from about 2008, just cranked. And it was with, you know, Joe <laughs> Holster and Red Beach. And we were watching, like, you know, Still of the Night and, and – Give me all your love and tonight. Everyone's passed out but me and Van. Just wasted at 5 in the morning. Just cranking the white snake. And that's Vinny. You know, one of the greatest brass metal drummers of all time. But deep down the side, he was just a rock and roll guy, man. He loved oh, yeah. this. He loved Van Halen. He loved Journey. He loved white snake. That's what he was all about. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we always bonded over. And, I mean, that's what, just before you were on, Brett Michaels was on, and he was telling the same stories. I mean, that you would see those guys. I mean, they were just as into going to a Slayer show, and they would be – you know, there there'd be a lot of guys that would be in, like, a big metal band like Pantera. They'd be like, oh, I don't want to be seen at Poison. And, they, man, they would get up and play with them. I mean, they I love that about them. They didn't give a shit. They just – they were just music fans. If they liked it, they couldn't care what anybody thought. And I always – I've always been like that myself, and I always respected that about those guys. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it was funny. Uh, a good friend of mine, Solo Cup Jeff in Vegas, just reminded me we, we went to uh, Sin City Center. So I'm like, Vinny was always up for, hey, dude, I'm in town. You want to go to Sin City Center? Yeah, I'll be there. 
And there was like a cover band, like Todd Kearns was in the band. And uh, yeah. he sang Blind in Texas by Wasp. He loved Wasp and he wanted to sing Blind in Texas, which was amazing. You can imagine Vinnie Paul as the front man. I'm blind in Texas. Right. And it was just like, man, like what a great moment. Um, but yeah, just loved rock and roll and loved the, the good time element of rock and roll. And I said this earlier too, and I want to point out to you guys, I had heard about Vinny in the 90s. I didn't know Vinny in the 90s, but I always heard that he was a little bit more of a, of the rock star, so to speak, a little bit more quiet and kind of you know do, do his own thing. Whereas Dime was always kind of the party host. I think once Dime passed away, Vinny realized the responsibility to keep Dime's name alive and just became like this amazing host. And like I said, maybe he was like that before. I don't know. But I do know that I think he really took it seriously in keeping Dime's legacy and legend alive. Um, right. and we had some really deep talks, uh, Vinny and I did, because I've lost some, some, not brothers, but guys that we consider brothers in, you know, horrible circumstances as well. And we had that in common. And we had some real deep talks about how, how Dime's death affected him and how it affected him to this day, how he wanted to keep that legacy and that, you know, the Dime's name uh, at a high value. And he definitely did that because there is nobody today that's going off Vinnie Paul's son of a bitch. Everybody is like, man, what a great guy who went out of his way to make sure people had a good time all the time. And anybody that he saw, anybody that he touched on, on a daily basis. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, man, I appreciate a few minutes. I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to share a little bit with us. And yeah, anybody that knew Vinny uh, can can certainly echo the, the sentiments you're making. So we'll catch up some more soon, man. I got to run. But thank you for calling in. Hey, for those of us who know, the only sentence I can say to some of Vinnie Paul is one, two, barbecue. <laughs> I'll see you, brother. Thanks to Jericho for a few minutes on Vinnie Paul. Much appreciated. One final interview on this special Eddie Trunk podcast paying tribute to Vinnie, and that is with Anthrax drummer Charlie Benanti, who had a huge history with the Pantera guys. Here's Charlie uh, calling in the day after we found out that we lost Vinnie Paul at the age of 54 years old. Charlie Benanti. Talking Vinny on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Hey, Charlie, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes, man. And uh, I know you were close. And condolences. It's, a, it's just an awful day. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very awful day. And you know, I, I've been talking to people, you know, pretty much all day. Last night, I was beside myself because uh, it's it's funny how this how it works nowadays. You know, I got a phone call, and then I just sat and thought and thought and thought. And then a few hours after that, I saw it on the internet and then I was like, now it's real. Yeah. Well, the first reaction I had when I see stuff like that is because of the internet and because anybody can start anything they want. It seems you you hope it's not real. You hope you get in that call where it's like uh, somebody, somebody screwing around. This is, this is not real. This is a rumor that you're going to get a text from Vinny saying, you know, Hey man, I'm fine. And then to find out as it balloons and comes out from more reliable sources that indeed it is real. So uh, shock is the only thing anyone could say. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, Of course, nobody knows what happened. But the bottom line is uh, at 54, it's just absolutely tragic and and way too young. And I I know you had huge history with with him, Charlie. Uh, If you can, talk about the very first time you met him. Uh, Very first time we... uh it was the first time we ever were in Texas and um, 
those guys were there. And we played at, um, at this club. And I believe Pantera were the opening band. And um, a mutual friend of ours, who everybody knows now, Rita, uh, she kind of was the conduit to grouping us together to become friendly. And then, like I said, we've known those guys since like 1985. And um, just the two of them, Daryl and Vinny, um, were after you met those two, um, it was like a, uh, you had a friend in Texas, like both of them, and they just made the experience uh, so much better. Like, and you immediately bonded. So throughout the years, we just remained friends. Yeah, it's uh, that's the thing that's coming out from everybody is the is the warmth, the generosity, the friendship. The minute you met them, you just you know the smile, the the drinking, the partying, you know, the the fun that that both of those guys were, and and uh, how warm they were. And at the end of the day, Charlie, and I mean you're like this as well. When we get together and talk over the years, inevitably we start talking about and gossiping about all the bands and the music that we love because we're at our core, we're still just fans. And that is what I always think of with Vinny and Dime. I mean, anytime I'd run into, even when Vinny, I remember when we had Vinny on that metal show and he found out that the other guests on the show were sticks. He was like so excited. It wasn't even funny. Like it didn't matter if it was a metal band or a rock band. He was just like, so still such a fan would go. I'd see him at all the shows. He'd just be out there in the crowd and, you know, at the bar, having a drink, you know, have a shot, you know, watching whoever. I mean, he never, those guys never lost the whole thing of being a fan. No, absolutely not. And I've said this before, I've said this earlier today that I always equated Dime and Vinny as like Alex and Eddie from Van Halen. I always thought Pantera was like Van Halen reborn. Um, they had a guitar player who was a hero. You know what I mean? The drummers yeah. were fucking awesome. But the thing about Vinny that I think not a lot of people know, maybe they do, but from a technical side of things, you know, Vinny made those Pantera records sound like that. He was mm -hmm. the guy behind it all who was turning the knobs, EQing shit so that his kick drum wasn't fighting with Daryl's fucking chunky guitar. He just, he was a lot of the brains and the, I said this too, the glue that held that band together and, you know, basically pushed that band. Yeah. I, I was just saying earlier, I read an interview not too long ago or wherever it was from with Terry date, who was a producer on all those records. And he, he credited Vinny for that. And he said, there were a lot of people that thought the drum sounds he got were, was something, they were some sort of triggers or something. He goes, no, that was all the work that, that, that was put in to make those drums sound like that. That took a lot of time. It was something that was worked really hard on. Absolutely. And I think when their record far beyond driven came out, I, I, I believe that whatever came after that, those tones and everything were copied a lot with the bands that came after. I mean, so many bands nowadays sound just like Pantera, but they lack a lot of what Pantera had, and that was the songs. Hey, Charlie, before I let you go, and I appreciate a couple minutes here, I know you have endless stories with the guys and endless times with them, and, and it's, it's countless over the years. 
any anything any one thing you want to share with the audience maybe a funny story a moment or something with Vinny that you want to you, you can share with everybody uh, Vinny would uh, every time we played down in in Dallas Vinny and Dime would always come out to the show and I always try and get him up there to play a song and then one time he got up and played uh, they got up and played Cold Jim with us and I let Vinny play because go dude do it and after the song, Vinny always has a habit of like standing up and then he kind of stands on the drum, always the floor tom. But my floor tom was different back in the days. It didn't have legs. So I'll never forget, he went to stand up on it. It was just like, the whole fucking thing came down. He's like, <laughs> what the fuck you got here? What the hell? What kind of rig is this? You know, <laughs> it was just one of those moments. And one of the other things about the two brothers that I know people who know them very well will get. Whenever they had something cool to tell you, they always had a habit of snapping their fingers and then telling you about it. It was just one of those things where it's like, here it is. Bam. There's the snap. (laughs) Here comes the story. Yeah, it was their way of setting it up. (laughs) Those two guys are, are, are so amazing and... Seriously, man, they they're just going to be miss so much. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, Charlie, thank you, man. I know it's a tough day. I I I really appreciate you taking a couple minutes, and uh, you know, I I hope to see you soon, man. All right, hang in there. Yeah, bro. Take care. Bye. See you. See you, man. Well, thanks to Charlie. Thanks to all of my guests, Chris Jericho, Mike Portnoy, Michael Anthony, Morgan Rose, Brett Michaels, all of whom you heard on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Just a small sample of all of the people that called in to remember Vinnie Paul. May he rest in peace. Tragic news as the rock and metal community continue to mourn. And I wanted to dedicate this podcast to Vinnie and feature some of those interviews so you could hear just how special he was and what he meant to so many. Special thanks to Katie Irizarry, who put this whole thing together for us and uh, was able to assemble all of these interviews in one place so you could hear everything on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. New episodes every Thursday. One more reminder, Trunk Fest, my brand new TV show. It premieres this Sunday, every Sunday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Access TV. DVR it, watch it, spread the word. I appreciate your support. EddieTrunk.com, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You guys have yourself a great week. I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, podcastone.com, and, of course, on iTunes.
Shut it down! Hi, I'm John Taffer. You probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars, hundreds of them on TV. That's your future broken! I'm also a best-selling author, and I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses. But now, I'm here on Podcast One with my new show, No Excuses. I only yell at assholes. Every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue, insider peaks of what's going on on the set, current events and topics you care about, with in-your-face analysis, and you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people, and I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ass, but I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every Tuesday on podcastone.com, on the Podcast One app, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember, rate and review it, or I'm going to shut you down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.